You are Locked On Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Buckeye fans? Welcome back to the episode of Locked On Buckeyes, part of Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jay Stevens, also the host of the Jay Stevens Podcast. It is Thursday. January 28th, the year 2021, and your Ohio State Buckeyes came out victorious. They weathered the storm against the Penn State Nittany Lions, beating them 83-79. to As always, you can follow me on Twitter at jstevens07. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter as well, at Locked on Buckeye. Line up for today's segment two. We'll talk about what the Buckeyes did right and wrong in this game that they can improve on. Also, segment three, talk about the offensive line, projecting what we may see from them going into next season. We begin today's show talking about what took place Wednesday night in Columbus, Ohio, where Ohio State coughed up the lead, then ultimately got it back. Going into this game, Chris Holtman, he knows we have all watched numerous Big Ten basketball games. But with Chris Holman being the leader and the co- head coach of this team, he knows that preparation for every Big Ten game is key and not overlooking an opponent is huge. You look at Penn State's schedule, look at how their season has gone. You see, oh, 5-6, and 2-5 and five in league play. They're not that good. 13th out of 14 teams in the Big Ten. Oh, Ohio State, number 13 team in the country. Not number 13 team in the conference. Number 13 team in the country. This should be a cakewalk. Oh, you hear early in the game, Sam Sessoms, a key piece off the bench for the Nittany Lions. He's out of the game. Oh, my goodness. This should be a breeze. Think again. Penn State has good guard play. And once the Buckeyes got in foul trouble in this game, Penn State started to exploit those holes. Ultimately, Kyle Young, I know I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but Kyle Young and C.J. Walker did ultimately foul out, which was huge for Penn State, but ultimately it was a little bit something that allowed the Buckeyes to go back to someone who was in foul trouble throughout the entire portion of the, of the second half to say, hey, look, we know we can ride you. We know we, we can rely on you for key point buckets down the stretch. That's exactly what happened. The Buckeyes were in control and led the entire time in the first half. But, however, latter part of the first half, there was a key steal, a couple key steals, a couple uh, key buckets down the stretch where the Nittany Lions did get that lead down to only four points. One thing that was huge going into this game, Chris Holtman talked about it in his media availability on Tuesday afternoon. Penn State leads the league in offensive rebounding, but they're last in the league in defensive rebounding. Ultimately, the Buckeyes did win and lead the rebounding battle at the end of the first half, 17-15. to 15. The Nittany Lions had six offensive rebounds. The Buckeyes had five. Ultimately, the Ohio State Buckeyes had 12 defensive rebounds. Penn State had nine. One key thing for Ohio State that I thought was huge in this game, second chance points. Ohio State in the first half led in that category 11-3. to three. Penn State also lost in the, in the points in the paint category. Ohio State had 20 points in the paint in the first half. Nittany Lions only had 12. At the end of the first half, Lundy 
who was a key part, and I believe he was a leading scorer. Yeah, yes, he was a leading scorer for Penn State. He had 17 at the end of the first, 5 of 8 shooting from the field, 3 of 5 shooting from downtown. He was really the main force and the only person doing anything for Penn State in the first half. They, they did have Brockington, who had 8 points, but he was only 3 of 9 shooting from the field. Not as consistent, not as fluid. It was all Lundy, and Lundy was what helped this team stick around stay in it and keep fighting to live in this game ultimately like i mentioned ohio state coughed up the lead i think it was about the 15 or 16 minute mark in the second half and that's where things started to change now i was talking to my buddy we'll talk about this more in segment number two but justin orange didn't start in the second half yes granted his de defense in the first wasn't the best but he didn't start in the second half cj walker was the one who started in the second half of this game and I'm thinking, was that little switcheroo something that changed the momentum and the flow of the offense in the second half? Because that's honestly where Penn State got control and took control in this game. The Buckeyes do win 83-79. to They have some big baskets down the stretch by EJ Liddell. Dwayne Washington Jr., we talk about him recently. We talk about him a lot, Mr. Inconsistent Play. But guys, guys. When you need a big basket, even though he took a bad shot, what he needed to take a shot was at the end of the shot clock. I believe this was in the final minute of the game. Dwayne Washington Jr. took a three, rose up, busted the eye of the defender, and that's really what gave a lot of confidence and helped propel this team in this game. EJ Liddell led the way for the Buckeyes with 22 points. He had some big, key, huge Tough baskets down the stretch of the game and some key free throws as well. He was 6 of 9 shooting from the field, 10 of 10 shooting from the charity stripe. He did lead, no, he was second in rebounding for the Buckeyes with 7. Kyle Young, who did foul out. No, excuse me, Justice Suing had 10 rebounds. Kyle Young had 5 rebounds, did also have 10 points as well. Leading score for Penn State was Lundy, who I mentioned at 26 points, 7 of 16 shooting from the field. Brockington, 18 for the Nittany Lions. Herrer, who came on strong in the second half, only 4 of 10 shooting from the field, though. He did have 15 points. Herrer was 7 of 7 shooting from the charity stripe. Jones for Penn State had 10. Other scores for Ohio State, Justice Dewing had 13 points. Zed Key has the big baskets. Five of five shooting from the field for the big man, for the freshman. Tough baskets down low. There were times in the first half and the second half when you needed a basket, go to the freshman. Suing at 13 points. Young had 10 points. Arndt had nine. Washington Jr., two of 11 shooting from the field, added in eight points of his own. Let's step away very quickly, guys. When we come back we will talk about what went right and wrong for the Buckeyes and how they weathered the storm rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts for hundreds of manufacturers everything from engine control modules to brake parts and tail lamps motor oil and even new carpet whether it's for your classic or daily driver get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door the rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose brands specifications 
and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low in the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast, breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. One thing that is clear about Big Ten basketball play this year is that you can't take a night off. Doesn't matter if you're playing a ranked opponent, the number one team in the conference, or an unranked opponent, someone that's at the bottom feeder, Nebraska, Penn State, one of those, a Maryland. It doesn't matter who you're playing. When I say a bottom feeder, that's just where you fall as far as record in the Big Ten, not in the caliber of basketball you play when you step on the court. And Wednesday night was the same way. Yes, everybody knows, and they pinpointed it at the beginning of the broadcast. Sam Sessoms off Sam Sessoms with an M at the end, not an N, came on, who's a big contributor off the bench for Penn State, was not available. He is out indefinitely with a leg injury. And so you think about that, you think about that, his production off the bench for them and how he's a big piece of this Nittany Lions attack. You think, oh man, <laughs> this should be even more of a breeze. Ohio State's good. They're rolling. Penn State's not good. They had four games off in a row. They were on a two-game winning streak, so that should make that should bring some cause to, of concern. But it's Ohio State, man. They have too many guys. They have guys step up when you need them. And down the stretch of this game, they had guys step up. But you just look at past. I'm like, ah, oh, doesn't matter. Look at the record. Look at who they have. This should be easy. Think uh Again, at the end of the first half, Justice Suing messed up turnover, two points Penn State. Michi Johnson, he's a freshman, but you're playing Big Ten basketball. No matter what age you are and where you're supposed to be realistically for your career, you're at Ohio State now. And mistakes during any moment, they are huge. Turnover, Michi Johnson, a half court. Two points the other way for Penn State. And Penn State got that lead down to four points. This is where the rubber meets the road. How do you respond? Go into the break. Regroup. Listen to the coaches. Talk to yourselves. Figure out what went right. What went wrong. Do the right things. Repeat them. Don't duplicate the errors. Seems pretty easy, right? Seems like something that you and I could just say, oh, I'm not a coach, 
but I could figure out X, Y, and Z that went wrong. And here's A, B, and C of things we can do right. Let's go ahead and do these. No. Penn State came out very aggressive, and they were the ones that were in control of the game. Now, I mentioned earlier, Justin Arns didn't start in the second half of the game. C.J. Walker did. Beginning of the first half, when the Buckeyes were in control of the game, Arns was getting open jump shots, and even one time he had a one dribble side, a, a one dribble to the side move, and hit a hit a three pointer. That was huge. It was fun to watch, and I'm sitting there like, "Hey, let's keep this rolling. Ball movement, player movement, getting open shots, getting very confident." Even though Arns shots after the first three that he made, he I think he missed he missed two or three after that. I was thinking in myself in my head, "Hey, hey guys, let's go ahead." And just keep moving this ball around. Let's keep with this Chris Holman offense. Things will be a-okay. Foul trouble. Ultimately was one of the things that hurt the Buckeyes. But even with foul trouble, you got to find a way to not allow Penn State to keep being the aggressor and keep being so confident. Ultimately, the Buckeyes didn't do that. Penn State got more confident. Penn State got more confident. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, Ohio State's a better basketball team. Everybody knows that. Penn State's trying to scratch and claw, and they know they have nothing to lose. One thing that would have helped Ohio State in this game would be some sort of a crowd. Even if it's 1,000, 2,000, maybe 3,000, a crowd would really help with the momentum and that know that there are people for Ohio State backing them to cheer them on. No crowd literally helps and aids. The away team, Chris Holman mentioned this in his talk with the media on Tuesday afternoon. In the past 25 Big Ten games, now, this is the stat as of on Tuesday, not of the games that have been played on Wednesday night. The past 25 Big Ten games, the home team is 10 and 15. You may say, Jay, there's no travel. You may say, Jay, they're the ones, they're at home in their own bed, and they don't have to do anything. They have their regular old routine. That is true. But the away team coming into what is a normal hostile environment that is not a hostile environment, and they are getting a lot more confident. Even the broadcasters, I believe it was Brandon Gott and Robbie Hummel, um, who were on the call of this game, they even talked about, you could hear Penn State as they were cheering themselves on and now they were hyping up their own, own team because they needed to, because they had to. Ohio State, when they were struggling to come back, were they I, the, the bench has always been a good motivator and they've been cheerleaders the entire time. But when that crucial stretch, 10, 12 minutes, 15 minutes in the second half where Ohio State was trying to get the lead back, the Ohio State bench was not the louder ones. The Penn State bench was. I watched a game on Tuesday night. It was Kentucky playing at Alabama. And Alabama has a really, really, really good basketball team right now. Nate Oates is doing a phenomenal job coaching those young men up. Alabama only had 2,000 fans there, and you could hear them. It was, yes, it was a small amount, not very large. But throughout the broadcast, you could hear those fans get louder and louder and louder. We are all used to 15 to 20,000 seat filled arenas, sometimes 10,000, 9,000, maybe 8,000 in college, but you you're used to them being sold out and the fans being loud. Now, when you get a couple thousand, 2500 or even 3,000, them being just there making noise, hey, you hear it, you love it, 
And it's very, very exciting to know there are people behind you backing you every step of the way. Down the stretch, EJ Liddell made a big basket, but throughout the game, he made numerous, numerous crucial errors. EJ Liddell, you could tell him being in foul trouble really hurt him, but when the Buckeyes needed a basket, they went down to a guy that they could trust in. I have been searching and wondering and trying to go away from this for some odd reason, even though it's right in my face. Who are the Buckeyes going to go to down the stretch? Normally, you're thinking in, in college basketball, you're going to go to a guard. Elite guard play is going to lead down the stretch. Now, they might not be the leading scorer. A lot of times in college basketball, they are the leading scorer down the stretch. But ultimately, they are going to be the ones that are going to help and aid a comeback or to make key baskets or assist down the stretch. Dwayne Washington Jr., sometimes you can trust him, but most of the time down the stretch, I'm not trying to have the ball in his hand. C.J. Walker, more of a facilitator than a scorer. Suing, he can be, but he's not really a go-to guy. E.J. Liddell does it once again. I pinpoint, I believe I did it earlier. I'll do it once again. I did it in a video for the Locked On Podcast Network, a quick recap video that I did. 10 of 10 shooting from the charity stripe. We talk about it all the time. NBA, we see it. We see it in the finals, NBA playoffs. Many of you are Cavs fans, and you're going to be seeing it all year long as well. Free throw shooting is huge and crucial, not just to a comeback, just so you can win the game. 10 of 10 shooting from the charity stripe, from a guy who's ultimately the leading scorer in this game, Huge from Liddell. Nice to see it. The Buckeyes ultimately weathered the storm. Got to take one more time out. When we come back, we go to the football. Not talking about the senior bowl, but looking ahead to what the offensive line might look like next year. The NFL postseason is almost over. There's one more game left. The Super Bowl which is a holiday here in America, officially, unofficially a holiday here in America. The Chiefs versus the Buccaneers. There's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for your free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON. That is L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. For your 50% welcome bonus, guys, don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. There's simply no better place to get all the news on the Big Ten Conference than with Big Ten Ben Stevens and the Locked On Big Ten Podcast. Whether it's football, basketball, baseball, if it's happening in the Big Ten, Ben's got you covered with an in-depth look at the conference every Monday through Friday. Subscribe to Locked on Big Ten wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Locked on Buckeyes podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every single day. And guys... Come back tomorrow. We'll talk more basketball. This is the flavor of the day. Talk more basketball. Talk a little Senior Bowl and some Michigan State versus Ohio State as that is a matchup of the weekend. Speaking of the football, Ohio State, the offensive line, it's a unit 
that going into the season this past year, I was very excited about. Now, we all saw the hiccups. We all saw the ups. We all saw the downs. We all saw those that raised their play. And ultimately, a young man that lost his spot as well. Not trying to laugh about it, but that's just the way that things go. If you don't play well, you're bound and there's a possibility that you will lose your spot. But going into next season, there's a good chance. I am not trying to be a guy that's predicting the future. The spring game has not been has not happened yet. It hasn't been played. The senior bowl, there's still players from last year that are still trying to get a spot and to get drafted in the upcoming NFL draft. The NFL draft at the end of April. The spring game is in the spring. I believe we will still have a spring game. There's going to be FCS football coming up shortly. So I don't see there being any reason at all that there will not be a spring game. And it will be very nice. Side note, if fans can be there. I understand some of you will want to go. Some of you will want to stay away. I'm sure there's a lot of you listening to the podcast right now that will want to be visible in the shoe for the spring game. If they allow fans to go, many of you will buy tickets and be there right when the gates open. But looking ahead to the fall, this is always fun. I mean, football is a, a year-round sport, even though there's going to be a down period in the summer where re- there's going to be some recruiting uh, that's going on and some uh, practice that's going on. But football is a year-round sport. We can talk football literally every day of the year. And I don't think you or I would be upset about that. The Ohio State Buckeye offensive line last year, they had Mumford left tackle. Harry Miller is starting offensive line going into the, at, at, during game one. Mumford left tackle, Harry Miller left guard, Josh Myers center, Wyatt Davis right guard, Nicholas petit Frayer, right tackle. Going into next year, I believe the offensive line will look something like this. There, Mumford left tackle. He is coming back. Matt Jones left guard. Harry Miller goes back to center of his former position. Uh, he did move to left guard last year, went to uh, went to center during the Michigan State game. You could tell he was not used to hiking and snapping the ball. I had some hiccups there. Ultimately got over that, and the Buckeyes smacked Sparty. Paris Johnson, I believe he'll be at right guard because I believe Nicholas petit Frere will be the right tackle next season. Paris Johnson, someone that many people believe that are right there in Ohio State camp in the locker room. They believe that he will have a good shot and that he will be a future Outland Trophy winner, which goes to the best offensive lineman in the country in that year. This offensive line here, I like Mumford. I like Jones. I like Johnson. I like Petit Frere. I like Miller. I think Miller going back to his original position, the one that he came to Ohio State to play, and him getting a full offseason and not having to go back to snapping the ball just in the middle of the week, I do believe that will actually be an aid to him. It will help him. He'll be more comfortable. Will we see the Harry Miller that we saw early in the season, a guy that was a little the weakest link, almost a little. He was the weakest link for Ohio State. Or will we see more of the Harry Miller that we saw in the Michigan State game after the first few drives where he had some hiccups there? I think we'll see that Harry Miller. Not the one that got benched. I don't think he'll get benched next year. I do think going into next year, um, in the beginning of the year, a full offseason, knowing you're going to have at least 12 games that you're going to play, assuming the Buckeyes are going to win six games. Just, just be honest now. The Buckeyes are going to win six games. I, I don't like being a – I don't want to try and be a homer, but I'm just going to be a realistic here and be the fan that's in me. Do you think that Ohio State will not win six games next year? I say at least 12, and I don't want to just assume many things at all. 
Ohio State's too talented to not win six games. The whole six games requirement to be in a bowl game, I think that's an embarrassment anyway, but I do also believe the Buckeyes will win six games and play in a bowl. I do think there's a good shot they'll win the Big Ten Conference. If they win the conference, they'll probably be in the playoff once again next year. Will they get the Alabama treatment? Doubt it. Alabama gets in almost every year um, just because. But I do think Ohio State is talented enough and will be better than last year. We'll talk about that pretty soon. A little look ahead to the future. Be better than last year, and I do think they'll be in the playoff once again next season. Now, this is January the 28th, recording on the 27th. Don't like to project things that far into the future, but it's the Buckeyes. I'll stop there. This offensive line, a couple things about these tackles, Mumford and Petit Freyer from last season, that will probably be very, very key and huge going into the next season. No matter if the quarterback is Stroud, Miller, or McCord, not McLeod, like I said last week, those whoever the quarterback is, they know tackle and tackle on the left and right side. They are comforted, and they are going to be A-OK. The lowest pressure percentage allowed by Power 5 offensive tackles this past season, Nicholas petit Frayer, 0.5%, Thayer Mumford, 0.9%. Percent against Clemson, these two tackles had 34 pass block snaps. They allowed zero, zero QB pressures, and ultimately, if you can't pressure the quarterback when you're going up against these two young men, you can't get a sack either. The O line will be improved. Who will the running back be? That will that is to be determined. Who will the quarterback be? That's to be determined. Will we see Williamson in the slot or Fleming? That's to be determined. As well, I've been saying Fleming for a while. Some of you may say Williamson. Just wait till the fall or the spring game. We'll get more clarity about that. Guys, thank you so much for coming back and listening and enjoying another episode of Locked on Buckeyes. The Buckeyes do come out victorious. 83-79. Big game against Sparty on Sunday afternoon. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at jsteven07. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter as well at Locked on Buckeye guys, five-star reviews. Fill up the review section on Apple with five-star reviews. Other places you can listen to and enjoy. Locked on Buckeyes are Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and even iHeartRadio are places. Those are places among many that you can subscribe to Locked on Buckeyes or even follow so you don't miss a beat. Come back tomorrow for a feel-good Friday edition here on the podcast. Talk some basketball, talk some football, and the Buckeyes matchup on Sunday against the Michigan State Spartans.